Knock, knock. Who's there? R. R who? Schmackamagob, it's another Vieira Vault, and I have, oh man, one of the, well, I think the most loved uh, co-hosts I have now on, on my show, Mr. Will Carroll of Death Angel. How you doing, Will? I'm doing great, man. Uh, glad to be here. Welcome back. Everybody loves when me and you yap about discographies. Yeah, dude, I mean, it's, it's in our blood. And we're talking about the thunder from down under, ACDC. This time, we're, we're just going to talk about the 70s ACDC. All right. With uh, the late, great Bon Scott and, of course, the late, great Malcolm. And, um, but there, there is some ACDC, not an album, but there are some singles before Bon joined. You've heard those, right? I'm sure you have. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not that familiar with him, but I've definitely heard him, totally. Can I sit next to you, girl? And, yeah. man, I think rocking in the park. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, forget. Let's just say, let's talk about fucking ACDC with Bond. Totally. And uh, we're going to go through, like, you know, I, I'm I'm not going to talk. I'm gonna, we're going to talk about Australian versions, early versions of uh uh, high Voltage, you know, their first album was released in February 17th, 1975, uh-huh. called High Voltage, and this, I do have this on CD, um, with the dog pissing on the little power thing. You yeah, have I have it on vinyl. Vegas? Oh, cool, that's very cool. Um, what do you think of this album? Um, you know, I prefer the American release, mm-hmm. uh, for a couple of reasons, because that's the first one I heard, and just the the order of songs are kind of ingrained in me now. Um, so it's kind of weird to hear the Australian version of it. And I think I think the choice of songs on the American version uh, is better, and it's a little heavier sounding. But I do love it. I love both versions. I think it's a fantastic debut, and it, it's funny. Like a lot of bands um, with, with their with their debut, you could see that they're a band, a young band, and they're still trying to find their feet. And right. you know, and with with ACDC, they they already knew what they were they were from the day one. I mean, that's it sounds just like any other later album with Bon Scott. I think. I mean, there wasn't. And I mean this in the best possible way. There wasn't too much maturity from from that album to Highway to Hell. A little bit, but I like how they stayed the course for all five albums. It's pretty. You know what you're going to get. It's totally solid. So I love the first album. It's pretty much like all the other albums. Great. Yeah, I'm I'm looking over the track listing, and man, one of my favorite favorite ACDC songs that I had never heard till they released the Jailbreak EP is "You Ain't Got a Hold on Me." Oh yeah, man. That song. I'm the easy rolling kind. Um, bon Scott to me was the greatest lyricist. You know, people say, oh, yeah, he's a shithouse poet. And I'm like, dude, that's that's degrading to, to even mention the word shit when you talk about <laughs> this guy's lyrics. He was a genius. He really was. You know, Yeah, he he takes like, you know, like 
topics that are so run of the mill and hard rock, you know, like sex and drinking, but he, he puts a spin on them that make them hilarious. And yeah. like this, they make you think and they're, they're witty and it's total poetry, I think. And, uh, he could take any topic and make it sound cool, you know? <laughs> exactly. And, and, and there's not shit. I was poet my ass, you know, fuck that shit, man. You don't, you don't call it, Bond's got a shit house poet. I mean, this guy's a genius. You know, I've you know? never, I've never actually been face to face with someone who put down Bond Scott or said that he sucked in any kind of way. So I've never heard anyone say that about him. So I, I would well, be, I'd be really uh, shocked if someone said that. <laughs> no, even the people that say he's a shit house poet, they're not really disrespecting him. Right. They're kind, you know, they say, oh, he's, you know, they, they these same people that say shit house poet would consider him one of the greatest lyricists. But I'm like, can you come up with a better term than that? Yeah. <laughs> you know? How about genius? That's it. The great Scott, you know? I mean, the guy, I mean, and and um, the song Show Business, too. It's kind of like a, a pre, because, I mean, you know this more than I. Because, I, I, you know, I mean, me and being in a band, I toured the world one time. And, you know, I've done shows sporadic. Nothing compared to what you do. But even... The little amount of touring I've done, the song Show Business, you know, it's uh, kind of like a pre, it's a long way to the top. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's not easy, you know? It, and, and, you know, even though the lyrics kind of paint uh, a dire picture of the music business, I, even when I, when I hear them, I, it makes me want to be a part of it regardless. You know, like I want to rough it out. And I want to go yeah. through all, all the trials and tribulations of tour as a part of being on tour, the, up, the ups and the downs. And, you know, it's all, it's all a good learning experience and it's fun in the end. So I do love those lyrics. Totally. Are you like one of those musicians? Cause I see a lot of musicians say the same thing. Like, man, the best part of the tour is just being on stage. The rest of the day sucks. Do you feel that way? No. Uh, I mean, sometimes um, right. if you're like, if you're like like week number six into a twelve week U.S. tour, you know it's just like there's no there's no end in sight. You're just kind of like right. in limbo. Sometimes you know like yeah like just, you're just waiting to get on stage. And but for the most part, no, I have a lot of fun with my bandmates and my crew, and uh, and I just I do things during the day to to occupy my mind and is to have fun. I go sightseeing. I'll go to the museum. I'll do whatever I can. Wherever I am, there's always something to do. You know, if you look it up, you'll find something cool in that area, no matter where it is. So, uh, if I'm not hung over and sleeping all day, I'm out, I'm out doing something fun. But yeah, for the most part, I, I embrace touring, like all of it, you know, the day, the night, everything, and try to have as much fun as possible. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I, there I, are some days. I've noticed that myself. Cause I've never done, not even a 12 week tour. You know, yeah. I, I don't know nothing about what you've been through at all. But when I do, you know, travel, uh, every time I, you know, I see the promoter or the guy that picks us up or the guy, I always say, is there a record store around here? Because that's totally, my favorite dude. thing. That's my favorite thing to do. Totally. Ghost. I I, uh, I look for record stores and like toy stores and comic shops. Like like those three things. Like I'm a I'm a horrible collector. I. Uh, not only records, but I collect comics and, you know, it's all kinds of kid shit. So, yeah, whenever I come into town, I'll look up on my, uh, I'll look up online and, and see the closest comic shop or record store, but always records for sure. Like, that's the first thing 
I'll check out. Sometimes we'll play next door to a record store, and that's really bad. <laughs> yeah, you know, Churchill's, where we opened for you, has a record store next to it. I don't yep. know if you sweat yep. records, and, and they're pretty damn good, too. You know, totally, they're pretty, man. They're pricey, I, but they're good. Yeah, like when, when it's that situation, I'll. I'll end up going to the store like three times in the day, you know. It's like really bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I found there recently original press of Power and Pain by Whiplash. Wow. I was like, ooh, this is nice. How 20 is bucks. 12 bucks. 20. 20. Oh, 20 bucks. See, well, that's still good too. It's still really good. I was like, oh, this guy doesn't know what's up with this. Totally, you know? man. It's some guy that just came in. It was used, but it. it it's in perfect condition. Perfect condition. And uh, I, I would rather take a used copy of that than a, a reissue. You know, like that's, that's cool that you got a used copy of it. Yeah, yeah. I'm not even, was it reissued? I'm not sure if it was. Yeah, I don't know either. But man, what an incredible album that is. But yeah, I, I got to say, I was never a big fan of a love song off this album, though. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's so un ACDC. I can see why it didn't make it to the to the U.S. pressing, you know. Right. Uh, is uh, is it Soul Stripper on on the original? Yes. Yeah. Start starts on side two. I love that one. Yeah, that song rips. Uh, um, I have an ACDC cover band with Zetro from uh, Exodus. Right. It's called yeah. ACDZ, but we uh, we just well not just but our, our last gig. We had a lot of gigs planned throughout this whole COVID thing, uh, but we had just started playing Soul Stripper. We just added it to our set, and that's a super fun song to play. And I love the bass line. That's, mm -hmm. one, that's one difference with uh, this album and maybe the next album, like earlier ACDC. The bass lines are a little bit more involved and a little right. more prominent, and that's cool. You know, I, I love the bass, and I like to hear the bass doing something. So that's one element that they kind of lost over the years. But yeah, like the, the bass line on that, on that song and the album, throughout the album, the bass lines are great. Nice. Soul Stripper, to me, kind of sounds like part one of Squealer. Yep. You know, Squealer kind of has the same vibe. It's pretty long and yep. the bass is prominent in the beginning. <clears throat> but um, yeah, this has a Baby Please Don't Go. That's what it starts with. Uh, she's got balls, little lover, stick around, which is a song I never heard till I got this Australian box set. Me too. Yeah. Uh, of course, you ain't got a hold of me and uh, love song and, and show show business. But yeah, it's it's a, it's a damn fine album, you know. Hey, do, you know uh, do you know the name of the drummer that plays on this? Because Phil whoa, Rudd whoa, plays. A, wait a second, I did not know this. Let me see. Phil Rudd plays drums on like maybe two songs. Wow, and I'm looking at the credits. I don't see Phil Rudd at all. I but see yeah. a guy called Peter Clark, Tony Carrenti. Yep. Uh, yeah, Peter Clark's tr uh, track four and uh, track one and two to eight is so Peter Clark or uh, Clack uh, played on the first track, and the rest of the songs are by Dude. I never knew this. Crazy, huh? They, they, I mean, Phil Rudd plays exactly like that guy. Or vice versa, whatever, however you want to say it. But you can't even tell the difference when they switch drummers. They're, they're, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, like when I hear those songs, it's, it sounds like Phil Rudd playing. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, I for till till this fucking minute, I always thought this was Phil Rudd on this album. Yeah, and on the American version, 
uh, I think Phil Rudd does play on one or two songs, like maybe um, uh, the Jack or something. Uh, he is credited on it. I mean, it's his picture in the back. Yeah, so he he does on, on he, he did do some recording during that point in time, and I think on the American version he does appear on a couple of songs. Well, color me befuddled because I didn't know this shit. This there you is go. <laughs> unbelievable. Now I go to the next one, and this one I do have on vinyl, which I bought in Los Angeles in 1985. Uh, okay. TNT. Um, All right. Vinyl. And before we get into this one, what I always ask, and I forgot to ask you this, how did you discover ACDC? Do you remember? Uh, through my sister. She she went to go see him on the Back in Black tour. I mean, excuse me, on the Highway to Hell tour. Nice. And, uh, yeah, she came home with the shirt and... She was all into it, and just talking about it, and that's how I. That's the first time I heard the name. So it's 1979, so I was only like five or six. But uh, um, uh, yeah, she she got Highway to Hell shortly thereafter, and yeah, I was I was hooked ever since. So that the first two albums I heard were Highway to Hell, and then um, Left to Be Rock. When I heard Left to Be Rock, that that completely changed my life because, I mean, that album was so fucking heavy man it's, mm-hmm. it's borderline a thrash album man. <laughs> yeah, yeah you know when we were little kids that album was called heavy metal yep <laughs> you know a lot of people don't re- you know don't know this you know all you whippersnappers but back in the late uh 70s and early 80s acdc was in magazines under heavy metal you know absolutely and uh you know everything has changed since then but man to me man uh you can't get more raw then Let There Be Rock. But we'll get into that when we talk about it. But speaking of Let There Be Rock, talking about these two albums, you know how I always tell you, and I tell everybody, I don't know shit about production. I can tell here. I can tell. I love the sound of it. I have no complaint, but I can tell the thinness compared compared to the three that come after that we're going to talk about. Totally, yeah. Especially in the uh, uh, guitar tone. It's just... It doesn't, yeah, like you said, that's the right word to use. Thin, like it just doesn't have that full body that uh, Let It Be Rock has. It's a noticeable jump in production value for sure, man, for sure. Yeah, and this one is more has more tracks on the American version than they just threw in a couple on a uh, TNT. But this one starts with it's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll. Which, man, it, it to- I mean, you cannot get more perfect. In lyrics about the, you know, what it says. It's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll, you know? Absolutely. Then those lyrics, I mean, they ring true. I'm sure he was just, it's pretty much an autobiography of, of them living on the road, but everything he's talking about has happened to me at one point in my life. So, yeah, it, it's, yeah, it definitely hits home. I, I love it, man. It's, it's one of my favorite ACDC songs, period. This, it's a Big great time. way to open the album. And you know, I never, I never rocked out to bagpipes before, but I, I love the, <laughs> I love the bagpipes at the end, man. Like it, it would be add so much. Yeah, it would be so naked without it. Like when yeah. you hear the song live, uh, you know, it's definitely missing. I'm missing the bagpipes when I hear it live. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that. I love the bagpipes. I love the video where they're in the back of the truck. Uh, Holy. What was it? Dokken did a video like that later on. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I love it. I love how, you know, they're up there and, you know, they have no teeth. You know, they're, yep. <laughs> they're all fucked up looking. I, I mean, 
Dude, look, I'm a fan of the Rolling Stones. I'm not bashing the Rolling Stones. I really ain't. I am I am a fan. But ACDC to me is the world's greatest rock and roll band. I always have I, to agree with you. They because look, man, no offense, but you know, Rolling Stones were college students in, in London, you yeah. know? These guys were fucking they had no teeth. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, Keith Richards didn't at one time too, but you know what I'm saying. This, uh, but he was a college student. These guys, look, Bon Scott almost died in a motorcycle accident before he ever joined um, ACDC. He was in two bands. Yep. Uh, fraternity, and I think it was called the Valentines, which I have that on vinyl. I know, I mean, the Valentines totally. Yeah, and fraternity was more hippy dippy, and he played the flute. Um, but um, you know, and they had videos. They were on TV shows. So Bon Scott was like. Didn't make it in these bands, but they made it far enough to get on TV. Right. You know? So, if anybody knows it's a long way to the top, it's Bon Scott. You know? Totally. And, um, and yeah, long way. Rock and roll singer, man. I remember, you know, because this was probably my first studio. I think this was my first album. of AC. I'm not sure. I'm a little hazy on that. But man, I remember hearing rock and roll singer when he says all the other shit. <laughs> I was like, "Whoa, a bad word, man!" Dude, me too. I, I was just gonna say, I I can't remember if this is the one, but this might be the first time I heard someone say shit on a song as well. I remember, like that was the 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 uh, no no song. Like, don't play it when my mom's around, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and and it's so cool. I want to be a rock and roll singer. I want to be a rock and roll star. You know, and it's. You know, Bond just wanted him. You know, I mean, there's that story that Malcolm told that um, that box set they released called Bonfire. Yep. That Bond Bond said to Malcolm one night. He goes, "When we become big and famous, because he really did think ACDC was going to be big one day." He goes, "I want to do a solo album called Bonfire." You know, and man, they were right there, man, at the cusp. Yeah. You know, before he died, I mean, I mean, ACDC was. Already playing mid-size arena, Highway to Hell. It was like, it was the springboard, man. I mean, I'm sure Back in Black with Bon Scott would have been as huge. Absolutely. I, I'm, I'm totally confident about that. But then we have the Jack on here, uh, which is alternate. I mean, I, uh, I was blown away when I heard uh, the live version because it's so, you know, dirty. Yeah. And, but this one is so genius with, you know, a card game. Yeah, you know, uh, I actually prefer the, the lyrics on the studio version. I, th- I think they're a little more uh, clever. Um, whenever, oh, yeah. uh, whenever ACDZ plays uh, the Jack, we do the, the live version from If You Want Blood. And every, right. time I, every time I suggest doing the studio version with, with the other lyrics, I get shot down instantly, like, None of those guys like that version, the, the lyrics or anything. I'm like, whoa, that's that's a trip. <laughs> it would be more unique if you guys would do that because the ACDC doesn't do it yeah. like the studio version. You know, it would yeah, it yeah. would be more. I, I I would agree with you. I mean, I don't know. I'm a little more you know for the live version, but as far as a a tribute band, it'd be cooler to do the studio version. I think. Yeah, just to throw throw them a curveball, you know. <laughs> exactly, you know. Or or mix it up, you know, just you know, just put that. She told me she was a virgin. Leave that. Leave that in, you know. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, 
I I love that song, and I I know quite a few people who don't like that song. Like whenever really? they play it live, like that's the song to go get beer or or go wow. to the bathroom. And not for me, man. I, I I dig it still to this day. To me, it's the ultimate sing along song for ACDC. Yeah, you know when you see it live, you know when. Well, I never seen them with Bomb, but you know Brian do it, and I just love going. She's got the Jack Jack, fucking yeah. awesome. I got I got to tell you, man. This story is kind of long, but I'm gonna abbreviate it. On the blow up your video, because this this reminds me of seeing them do the Jack live. I saw that tour. Yeah, the blow up your video tour, dude. Me and my friend were driving to this show, and we we got into a bad car accident. Luckily, we didn't get hurt. Uh, and we hit a lady that had a baby in the car. And, oh, okay. and luckily, they didn't get hurt. But his com- his car was completely trashed. I'm sitting on the side of the road with my head in my head going, fuck, I'm going to miss ACDC tonight. <laughs> really pissed. And then my friend ran up to me. He goes, dude, I got you a ride to the show. I was like, dude, I ain't going to leave you here. He's like, you better fuck. I mean, he got violent with me. If you don't fucking go, I'll kick your ass. You know, I was like, all right, all right. So I went to the show with this really strange guy I didn't know. Uh-huh. And when they were playing the jack, he started rubbing my back. Oh, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And, and? Uh, no, uh, and then, you know, we made out. No, I'm just <laughs> Uh, no, and then, you know, I was like, oh, man, I was like, you know, I need a ride back home, you know? <laughs> but, but, but but at the same time, I was like, oh, man, I'm going to have to do something. But he stopped. He got the vibe, you know? Maybe, maybe he, he took the name ACDC too literally. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's why he wanted to go to the show. He thought it was a, a, a show for people that, you know, were ACDC. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so after the show, we, it was this place called the Sportatorium, which is the Mecca of arenas that down here at the time. And it was just a, a muddy parking lot and his car got stuck in the mud. Oh, great. And it, it took forever. And then his car overheated and we ended up at a gas station and just by luck, sheer luck, I bumped into this dude that, that I only met one time that's friends with one of my friends. He's like, Hey man, you're Ronnie's friend. I was like, dude, if you take me home, <laughs> you know, I'll give you whatever fucking vinyl you want. Because at the time I had a record store and I had a lot of records. Uh, it was very close to my house. And I left that guy. I was like, fuck this dude, man. I mean, I appreciate everything, but I was, and he was stuck. His car was fucked. Uh-huh. So that's my story. Of, uh, blow up your video. What a mission. I went to that show in three cars. <laughs> who was opening that uh that oh that man door? you know for me it was, it was uh i, I want to say it was cinderella but maybe not i think I, I could be wrong it was like some obscure band called dogs from lamore or some shit like that dogs deal more i think so oh wow i would have liked to have seen them i i, I like dogs deal more oh, i don't know i, I don't think we saw them i don't think we saw them okay if it wasn't them, then I did see Dogs more with some other band, or remember them opening for another band. Right. But I think it was that. I think it was them. Trippy. I I never knew they got to the arena level. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah. I well, opening. Yeah. For, for us, it was either I think it, it wasn't Dawkins or uh, it was White Lion. It was White Lion who opened up. Ah. Uh, okay. Yeah. So I was in the parking lot for that. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I can imagine. You know, I'll tell you a funny story, too. A white Lion opening for Aerosmith, and we were in the parking lot, too. And then we see a bunch of people run toward the back, and I'm thinking, oh, shit, who's that, Steven Tyler? Something? I run back there, and it was Mike Tramp, the singer. <laughs> and, dude, it, this is a trip. He saw me, and he goes, hey, I'm best friends with him. And he pointed at my shirt. I was wearing a King Diamond shirt. Oh, uh, yeah, he said, he's yeah, he's Danish, right? Yeah, yeah, I think, I guess so. He said him and King Diamond were best friends. I was like, no shit. And then he was back there with these little cards with the band's picture, signing it, giving it away to people. And I got one. <laughs> yeah. uh, you I, still have it? Yeah, yeah, I still have it. I still have it somewhere in my closet. But I, I kept it, yeah. Uh, uh, are you now, a White Lion fan? No, but I will say their first album was decent. It was called Fight for Survive. Fight to Survive. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I've heard it. It's like it's the most metal thing they've done. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it has it has Dave the Beast Spitz on bass on that uh, one. I always wonder what happened to him after Black Sabbath. You know, I'm friends with him. He lives here. Okay, he's a lawyer now, and but what a monster bass player he has. Well, I don't think he has them anymore. But he had a Black Sabbath tribute band called War Pigs. And okay. My God, what a monster bass player. And and I have him. He's on my phone. I don't call him or anything, but we're friendly. You know, we, and every time I, because he's really good friends with my friend David, that every time I bump into them, we end up like just hanging out all night with each other. That's cool. But, yeah, he's a lawyer now. And he doesn't talk to his brother anymore, Dan Spitz. Uh, just like the rest of Anthrax. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, there's some bad blood there, man. Uh, but yeah, and Dan lived down here for a while too. Have you met him before, Dan Smith? Yeah, yeah, he was very nice. Uh, I met him after the Kiss Farewell tour. Okay. Because uh, after the Kiss Farewell tour, the uh, Skid Row, who was opening, did a headline show at a culture room, and I went. And he was there, and okay. yeah, I took a picture with him, and and he was like, you know, bitching about the show. Because he's like, oh, man, I, I love Kiss, but, man, Ace was fucking up a lot. It was a bad show. They had an off night that night. Huh. It was kind of depressing leaving that show. Like, wow, that's the last time I'm going to see Kiss. You know? <laughs> but, yeah, I met him. He was nice. He's a nice guy. But, um, anyway, back to ACDC. Uh, the, the next track is Live Wire, which was a lot a lot of times the opening track. Uh, for live. Yeah. Like, uh, Let There Be Rock, the movie. Yeah. Um, I love this track. You like this one? Absolutely, man. It's killer. It's a great build-up. Yeah. Um, just and you know the lyrics are very boastful, and that's what you need a lead singer to be very, very in your face and very confident. And he just he's beaming with confidence in that song. So I love it. Yeah, and then it flips over to the track that made me buy this album, TNT, because it was on the radio a lot. Uh. I never get sick of this one. I know that it's, it's overplayed, but I really, I'm, I'm sure you guys play this one, right? Yeah, we do to our chagrin, actually. Uh, the main guy, the guy that, 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 well, Zet's the main guy, but the guy who does Angus, um, Dave, uh, he, he hates that. Well, he doesn't hate it. He's just totally tired of playing it. He's, he's in like three or four different ACDC tribute bands. He does Angus very well, so he's kind of made a career out of it. And uh, he has to play it in every band every night. So he gets sick of playing it. And he's always trying to get it off the set. But by the end, we're always adding it. It's always the last song or second to last song. Uh, I like it, though. It's fun to play. Um, 
I remember we had a bass player for a very short amount of time, and he was having trouble figuring this song out, and he got wow. fired because of it. And I remember uh, our Angus just said, like, dude, you're having a hard time with TNT. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty bizarre. Did he, was, he, was he fine on the other songs? Not really, but he's, <laughs> his... Uh, his uh, inability really shined on fucking TNT for some reason. Of all songs. <laughs> did your, I, mean, did your... I can play that song on bass, man. Yeah. <laughs> did, did your Angus do the oi, oi? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you guys go all out. That's that's legit right there when you get your Angus to do the oi's. Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, I love it as well. It inspired me to go buy this album. Uh, next track, Rocker. Uh, another one with great, great, you know, and tattoos. You know the way the way Vaughn does that. It's just so funny to me, you know. Totally, uh, you know that's a song uh, that we also play, and I am constantly uh, voting to play it how they play it on the studio version, as opposed to um, if you want blood. But we always do end up doing the if you want blood way because it's a little bit slower on if you want blood. It's like da 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 yeah. groovy. And I like how it's kind of like a, a rockabilly song on on the studio version. So it's way way faster, and I, I prefer the studio version actually. Yeah, yeah, I do too. I gotta say, I do uh, prefer the studio version of this. It, it's just it's it's full speed ahead, you know. It's probably yeah. the fastest song to this point of the ACDC songs. For the you know? bon- yeah, yeah, totally, totally. The next song, I was very disappointed to find out because I really thought for all these years. Bon Scott wrote the lyrics to Can I Sit Next to You, Girl? You know, because that line like, intermission, we were, I was like, that's so Bon, you know? Yeah. Then I saw that clip of the original Dave Evans doing this song, and I was like, what the fuck? Bon didn't write these lyrics? But it's a fun tune. I dig it. Totally. Um, I mean, it's it's a bit of a throwaway track, you know, but it's, I still love it. I mean, there's, even their, even their filler tracks at this point are, or kick ass, you know. Yeah, so I dig it. I, I I love it. I love, and then there's the title track, "High Voltage." That, um, you know, it's another one of those sing along songs that I absolutely love as well. You like "High Voltage," the title great, track. Great live track, dude. Uh, yeah, like okay, that's a version that I prefer on the live album. Like just the way he goes, "Hi!" Yeah, you know, like he does that. <laughs> it sounds so snotty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's so badass. Yeah, I love it. So um, here's a question. Here's a little trivia. Uh, well, I'm going back to the American version of High Voltage with uh, with uh, with uh, Angus on the cover with the guitar in his pants. Do you remember an episode of of Cosby, a Cosby episode, where the daughters want to go to see some rock artist or pop artist? I forget the name of the artist. He has like some iconic name, and. They're like, but Dad, we, we have all his albums. We, we totally love him. And he holds up one of his fictional artist albums, and it's high voltage. No and he's shit. holding it up, and he goes, look at this guy. Like, he's sticking his tongue out, and like he's making jokes about the album cover. Do you remember that? No, I never saw that episode. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, I haven't thought about that until just now for some reason, but it does exist. I'm sure it's on YouTube. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, I'll, I'll look that one up. You know, I, I'm sure if you just type in Cosby, ACDC, you'll, it'll be there because you, YouTube rules. 
Yep. It's very easy to find. I'm not too crazy about the last track, though. It's a uh, uh, School Days from Chuck Berry. Yeah, yeah, me neither. I, I, you know, I remember when I got the, the, the vinyl in California. I was like, oh, man, I never heard this. School yep. Days, this is a song I don't know. And I was like, eh, you know, because I, I was familiar with the rest. Totally. But, I, I can see why it didn't, you know, it didn't make it to the American version. Like, you know, it wasn't up to snuff with the rest of uh, their material. Right. And now I go, I, I go to the next one and I see there's two different covers. This is the high voltage American version. Right. But then this one, um, let me blow this up. Man, I don't think I've ever seen this. There's a different cover with, it's kind of like a painting of Bond and Angus. And it's kind of like, I don't know, like Dayglow a little bit. You ever seen that version? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, um, totally. It's like purple. Kind of. Uh, yeah, Bond's purple, and then yeah, there's blue I've, I've, and yellow and green. I've totally seen that in Europe. I've seen it for sale, um, and I, I've yet to get it. I don't own it, but <coughs> it's, it's usually pretty pricey. Okay, well, it's the same track listing. Yeah, right, right. It's a really only, ugly album cover. <laughs> yeah, the, the only song on here that's not on the two previous one is Little Lover. Great fucking song. Love it. Great I lyrics. Love. He mentions Gary Glitter. Yeah. And, you know, I, I know like that guy ended up being a real monster in real life, but yeah. I actually do like some Gary Glitter. I, like I don't know nothing stuff. about him except rock and roll. Is that the name of the song? Rock and roll part two. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only song I know from the guy. I don't know nothing else. And guess what? You're never going to hear that song again. <laughs> oh yeah. They don't play it at sporting events no more. Nope. Yeah. Well, that's what you get for being a pedo. Yeah. 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 <laughs> But yeah, this album is very important to me. Uh, High Voltage, nineteen seventy-six, and we already talked about all the songs. It's it's a little combination of the two prior with Little Lover, which I wonder where Little Lover came from. You know, um, and as I look at the credits, Malcolm Young does lead guitar on Little Lover. Yeah, I knew that. I knew that he does that. That it sounds like Malcolm Young would be doing that. So. Yeah, <laughs> it's a cool solo, but yeah. Did you ever see? I think it was in a high school, a black and white show of them playing in a high school. It was released on man. I'm not sure because I have backtracks and some other one that brought DVDs. There's a live show of black and white of them in a in like a, a high school auditorium. I've never seen that. I've never yeah, seen that. that. There's footage of Malcolm doing a couple other solos too during that show. Very huh. early footage. Huh. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. I have like the deluxe edition of I think it's backtrack that's actually an amplifier that works. Have wow. you ever seen that? You ever no. seen that? Yeah, no. it's a it's about I'd say about uh like two feet no, three feet tall. Yeah, you know, three feet tall, three feet wide. It says ACDC on the front. There's a little plug you can put in, and it has a 9-volt battery inside, and you can actually, you know, play. Actually, online, there's footage of Angus playing that, which I'm sure you can find on YouTube. But, yeah, I believe... Great great promotion. That's a great promotion for the the product. You know, the, the guy himself is playing it. Yeah, I remember it cost me. It cost me a lot, but I'm sure it cost way more. I think I paid about 200 bucks for it. Um, it brings a big, thick, killer book with a lot of glossy pictures, like four CDs, three DVDs, 
Um, it's really cool. It's you know, it's a really cool thing to own. They're, they release different versions of it, like little, you know, uh, like compact versions. I bought that deluxe fucker. But yeah, it has footage of, like, I guess this era. And it might be Little Lover they're playing when, when uh, Malcolm was doing the, the solos. Right. But uh, I think he did the solos in Baby Please Don't Go as well. That sounds right. Totally sounds right. But um, yeah, all right. So we, we, we pretty much ran through this one. The next one, I didn't hear till the 80s, but it was released in 1976, Dirty Deeds, Done Dirt Cheap. Now, so, yeah. Go for it, go for it. Well, I mean, again, this is an album, which, you know, the, the, co- the cover's awesome, you know, the original Bon Scott one. The American version, man, dude, that's total Devo New Wave. You ever yep. notice that shit? Yep. It looks like a new wave band, a new wave band that covers. Even the logo, the logo is so yeah, not, like, not hard rock, you know. It's pink. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just pink, and it's it's just a weird. Though for I guess maybe nostalgic reasons, I really dig that cover, even though it doesn't represent the music on it. It's uh, pretty bizarre, but I dig the uh, the the. Well, as I look at here, it says. International cover uh, designed by Hypnosis. That's the guy that did like Pink Floyd and a bunch of other Sabbath. Sabbath, yeah. What, which which was the Sabbath game? Was it um, uh, Never Say Die? I think. Let me I think. think. Uh, technical. Yeah, they did Never Say Die. I think they also did Sabotage. Mm. No. No, no. I'm saying, oh, you know? oh yeah. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I think they did Sabotage. <laughs> And I think they also did the inner the the gatefold for we sold our soul for rock and roll. Oh, well, that's the sh- picture of that woman. Oh, that man, shit's that's eerie, man. <laughs> totally, dude. Totally. That uh, was I, my I, first Black Sabbath album I bought at, with my own money. You know, every 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 girlfriend throughout my life I've I've shown that to. They always ask me like to please close it. They're like, can you please close <laughs> that? <laughs> she does look dead though. It's so weird, you know. I wonder if, she, if that is a corpse. You know, dude, it is three dimensional too. Like it, it's just, yeah, it's very creepy. Yeah, but um, yeah, I dig. But man, this album rules. This album was released in the U.S. after the success of Back in Black. Yep. Um, this is when I heard all these songs except for um, uh, Problem Child. I already knew. What was that right. on? That was that on Let There Be Rock. I think I'm pretty yes. sure it was. Yes. Yeah. Let there Be Rock. But this one has a different ending. Remember, it stops and then it goes back into the song and fades yeah, out. And the weird thing is, uh, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but like, so when you hear Problem Child on Dirty Deeds and then you hear it on Let It Be Rock, it sounds exactly the same to me. Like the same mix, same recording, yeah. same performance. But on uh, Dirty Deeds, when it kicks back in at the end, it's completely different production. And and it just sounds like it was recorded in a different studio. It's totally the, the sound quality drops when they kick back in. I'm not sure if they added that in from a different session or, or what, but there is a difference in sound quality from the song itself and then the, the little thing at the end. It's always tripped me out. Yeah, yeah. It was, that always threw me for a loop, too, when I because I was already used to Problem Child. Right. But, um, yeah, I'm noticing the Australian version... It's pretty much the same. There's two tracks on here that aren't on our version, but man, the track listing's all mixed up that it really ruins it for me because 
You don't put Ain't No Fun Waiting Around to Be Millionaire track two. That shit's perfectly uh, on side two for me. Yeah, that know? song is meant to be a deep track. You know, it, yeah. it's, it has it has it lends itself to that. Uh, yeah, for a second track of an album, I, that really makes the, the album. It starts off you know with a lot of power. I don't get me wrong, I love Waiting Around. Oh. I love that song. Fuck, but yeah, it's not it a good follow up to the opening track. Not at all. I think it has the greatest Bond Scott line ever. Get, the, get your fucking jumbo jet off my airport. No, no, that's <laughs> awesome too. I mean, what I meant is best lyrics ever. Oh and yeah, so yeah, yeah. clever how he how he does this. He says, "I got patches on my patches on my old blue jeans." Well, they used to be new when they used to be blue when they used to be clean. Yep. Come on, ain't no yep. shit house about that. You know, totally. <laughs> it's so um, genius, you know. And that's that song's really unique. Like it's just kind of a jam, you know. It yeah. doesn't really, it doesn't really go anywhere musically, but in the best possible way. I, I love it. I'm not trying to sound like I'm putting the song down, but yeah, it really just kind of meanders along, and he's just telling the story, and he really carries that song totally, man. And I love it. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, it is great. And uh, but you know our version, and here's another weird thing: the American version has a song. That isn't on the Australian version. That's one of my favorites. Is uh, track two, "Love at First Feel." Yeah, I I love the fuck out of that song, and Me I'm too. like, why why wasn't this released? Uh, you know, before. It's such a cool tune, you know. I <laughs> I have a friend back in the '90s, uh, back when people had answering machines, and mm-hmm. whenever he got laid, like he'd go out and you know go to a bar, or go to a show, or whatever. And if he hooked up, whenever he got laid, he would. He would put love at first feel on his answering machine as his outgoing message. So that would be his his cue to you <laughs> that he's got a chick over or he just got laid or whatever. <laughs> He'd say, hey, guys, just to, just to let you know, if you guys ever call me and you hear love at first feel, I'm getting my dick wet. <laughs> Basically, he's saying. It was a pretty good system. <laughs> yeah, that's fucking awesome. I love it, too. It's such a cool song. And then the ultimate double entendre tune, Big Balls. Oh, yeah. You know, a song about exactly what it is. Uh, you know, like a, a gown, a ball. But it, but listening to it, it still sounds fucking pornographic as fuck. You know? Like, it, uh, go ahead. No, oh, just go, go ahead. Oh, I just hearing that song on the radio. Like, I used to hear it, you know, back in the day, like in the 80s or whatever, when I was listening to the radio as a kid. And I knew what it meant, and I couldn't believe that they were actually, it was slide, that they were allowing that song to be played on the radio. But a lot of people are stupid out there and just probably don't get it, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's weird, but it's, it's just, it's hilarious, man. You know, uh, you know, um, what is it? Man, I wish I could remember those lyrics, because I know there's those little ways he would end the line that, uh, my balls feel the best or something like that. Now I can't remember. I'm having a brain oh, fart. Just, just the way he goes, I'm just itching to tell you about yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's so fucking cool, man. You know, it's, it's so badass. I just, that's why to me, Bon Scott's the best. He's the yeah. best. When it comes to lyrics, I mean, nobody was as cool as him. Totally, he, man. And, and you can tell, I mean, just listening to that voice, his mannerisms, he lived it. That guy was rock and roll. Oh, yeah. To the core, you know? I mean, unbelievable, you know? But um, 
But it, yeah, it is a great song. And I love how it goes into rocker. Oh, you yeah. Know? It's just, I can't listen to Big Balls without rocker coming in, blasting in right after that, you know? But on the Australian version, Big Balls, does, it, does Big Balls go right into rocker? Let me or, see here. I think it goes into something else. That really, yeah, it, it goes into a song I'm not crazy about either, Rock and Peace. Yep. Yeah, I, yeah. I, it's, it's just a slow, of, slow song, yeah. like slow one riffer, you know? Yeah, it's kind of like a Chuck Berry-ish type yeah. thing. Um, yeah, I wasn't really impressed with that one. Yeah, Big Ball. I don't. The Australian version doesn't even have Rocker on it, right? Yeah, but um, but yeah, yeah, the American version totally owns it, and of course it goes into Problem Child. Uh, flip the album over, and I, I like that. Uh, you know, it's a cool little fun tune. Uh, there's going to be some rocking. That's a cool song to listen to when you're at a party dr- getting drunk. Because I remember hearing this song playing in the background, hanging out with friends. I mean, it's not a great, great, like one of my favorite songs, but it's not a skippable song. I, I dig it. Do you like it? Yeah, not really, man. Like, I, I always consider that song a serious, like, just obligation, like, filling up some space song. You know, like, they had, right. to, they had to whip out one more track to, to, fill, to f- fulfill their contract. You know, because when you record a full length, there has to be a certain amount, a certain amount of length, you know, a certain amount of time, so you know, between an EP or a full length. And if, if you're agreed to do a full length, you have to have yay you know, a certain amount of songs, a certain amount of time. And that song always sounded like they were just the last minute ditch effort to add one more track. I mean, I don't hate it or, or anything like that, but I think it's uh, not up to snuff with the, all the other songs on the album. Kind of. A I- I real no, it's definitely a filler. I really like the song, but you know, if I was to make an ACDC mix, I wouldn't add it. Yeah, right. But, <laughs> but, but I like it. I'm not going to say I don't like. It. You know, it's not, you know because there's, I think only Rock and Peace and Love Songs are the only originals I probably don't like from the Bon Scott era. Right. I, I like pretty much everything else. But um, then it goes into oh man, there's no better song to listen to. When a girl chews your heart out and spits it in your face, then ride on to me. It Holy is the man. perfect, like you, man, you kick back. You have, you know, back when I used to drink, I would get drunk and listen to this. And I'd get over chicks because <laughs> I'd be like, Bond knows what I'm going through. Bond been there, you know, when a woman gets me down, you know, it's and it's so slow and mellow and beautiful. I think it's a beautifully constructed bluesy kick-ass tune and you can hear bond pouring his fucking heart out and angus too i mean that solo angus does on that that's pure emotion man yeah that's the best part of the song i think is a solo i love it yeah um, another weird factoid about that song is that, that is only one of two songs uh where Fid, phil rudd uses a ride symbol oh, he, okay. he, think about it he never plays the ride symbol he's always on the hat on the hi-hats Right. But on on Ride On and the Jack, the, those two songs, uh, and, and and now we've discovered. I don't is it Phil Rudd playing drums on the Jack? I'm not sure, but whoever's playing drums on the Jack does a ride cymbal part on the chorus when they're singing the chorus. There's a ride cymbal back there, and same with Ride On. Uh, it goes into the ride cymbal during one of the choruses or verses. But it's weird. He always had one set up live, but I watch, if you watch all of Let There Be Rock. He doesn't hit that thing once, not even as a crash. He just it just sits there, you know, as a prop. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah, yeah I just I mean, checked. Phil does play on the jack. Okay, yeah. So yeah, those are the two songs he uh 
he uses a ride symbol, but I challenge anyone to find another song, uh, ACDC song, at least for Bon Scott era, where he uses a ride symbol. As a challenge. It's a challenge for all you Vieira Vault listeners. Yeah. <laughs> Try to own Will. I dare you. <laughs> hey, the first time I heard that song, Ride On, it uh, wasn't on this album. It was on um, the oh, soundtrack who, for Who Made Who? Who Made Who, yeah, yeah. That's the yeah. first time I heard it. That was the only Bon Scott album on that, that release. Bon Scott song on that release. Oh, and, was it? Uh, yeah, did you ever trip off of Who Made Who? Did you ever listen to that album? I haven't. Yeah, I have it on CD, but man, I haven't put that on in ages. Yeah, but I, yeah. I do own it, you know. But yeah, I, I didn't notice the only Bon Scott song on there was that. Um, well, it wasn't Shoot the Thrill on there. It's kind of a You Trick Me All Night Long. It's kind of a greatest hits. Yeah, it has a lot of songs from Fly on the Wall because it, it came out right after Fly on the Wall. Uh, so they were still trying to hype that album. So Sink the Pink is on there. Shake Your Foundations. Those um, are the two best songs for me on that album. What's that? Those are my two favorites, that and Playing With Girls. I'm not a big fan of that album, but I like those three songs. I fucking love that album, dude. The whole album? No, I mean, there are a couple of uh, filler tracks, but at least six of the songs are ripping on that album. I only like three. Okay. Uh, I think it's uh, the guitar production on that album is so loud. Like, it's maybe their loudest album. If you put it on your stereo, you got to turn it down almost. The guitar is so cranking. The thing that hurts that album the most is the, the vocal production. Uh, it's it's so drenched in reverb. You can't really understand what Brian Johnson's saying, and it's kind of back in the mix, too. So that's a little weird, but I do like that album. I, I was a fan of that album. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was. Uh, that's the first time they kind of let me down because I, I loved everything up to Flick of the Switch. Um, okay. I do love Flick of the Switch. I love that one a lot, actually. Um, I saw that tour with Fastway. You like Fastway? Oh, are you kidding me, man? I mean, I, the first album is one of That's the greatest, the best. one of the, the greatest best. debuts ever, man. It's yep. it's ripping, dude. The drums, the the production. I think it's Eddie Kramer did that album, and yeah, he did. The, dude, the drums that sound like even for today's standards, you, it, they're just. I wish my drum sounds sounded like that. Like if you can hear the room and it it, it sounds natural, like it's not drenched in effects. <laughs> Which is uncommon for an '80s album, and it's just amazing. It's it's a close. The only thing I can compare it to is like Zeppelin, like the drum tones. Yeah, you know, it's fucking awesome, man. I love that album. Great that singer. Song too. heft. Wow. Yep. Yep. That's such a heavy fucking track. And uh, yeah, we're getting off base, but I gotta <laughs> I gotta bring up another thing about Fastway, dude. Only one time ever, a uh, uh, MTV showed a video for. Uh, we become one. Oh, I've never seen that video. I have it, and I put it on YouTube, and it was banned immediately. Why? I don't know. I, dude, I was like, Fastway, really? You guys have any pull? You know? I mean, is the, does the video have any provocative stuff in it, or no? No. Weird. Yeah, it just you know, it shows scantily clad chicks like silhouettes dancing, but that's it's a really cool video. Uh, there's a guy with a samurai sword about to kill K- uh, Dave King and uh, a Doberman barking at the bass player. I, oh. But I did upload it on Vimo, so I'll send you a link. Yeah, you yeah I'd, I'd love to see that. Badass. Do you like, on there. 
Do you like anything beyond the first album, though? By, by not not as much, but dude, all fired up had its moments and a trick or treat. Yeah, trick or treat had its moment. You know what's sad is that man. Most people I encounter online, they just worship trick or treat and don't even give the first album a fucking chance. That's insane. It's weird, you know. It's like, dude, the first album is like, no, trick or treat. I was like, really, dude. I mean, it's not, it's not bad, but it's, you know, the best thing about Trick or Treat for me is heft from, from the first album. They threw yeah. it on there, you know? But yeah, oh. I mean, I liked After Midnight. It's okay, you know, but, you know, it's just not as good as that first album. But yeah, I got to see Fastway on that tour. And I'll never forget the backdrop was the big, you know, checkers with Fastway written on it. So, yeah, that was amazing. But anyway, all right, back to ACDC. Uh, the last track, we, ta- we touched upon it a little bit. Squealer, uh, which is, um, oh, damn, a Soul Stripper Part 2, I feel. Yeah, uh, man. You like this one? Oh, I love it. I love playing it, too. Unfortunately. Oh, you guys do this, too. Oh, we, yeah, we, we do this a lot, yeah. Nice. But unfortunately, uh, whenever we play that song, and if Tom Hunting happens to be at the show, he comes up on stage and plays it, so I rarely get to play it. <laughs> <laughs> that sucks. That's, that's that's Tom Hunting's favorite ACDC song. So you know he's nice. my bro. I I can't turn him down. You know. So right. yeah, have at it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's an he's an awesome drummer too, though, man. Oh yeah. Shit he does on Bonded by Blood, historic. Oh yeah, dude. I especially that and his drum work on a Fabulous Disaster, man. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think I, I actually I think that's my favorite Tom Hunting album. Like I. I love the drumming on that album so much, man. Was, he was at the top of his game. He's still at the top of his game. He's, he's ripping. Oh, yeah. No, he, he is amazing. Um, I love, I love um, uh, God damn it, Tempo of the Damned. What a comeback album. Wow. That album, like, threw me for a loop. And I saw the tour. It was awesome. Central's such a nice guy, man. Totally. That album single-handedly uh, jump-started or re-jump-started the thrash metal scene revitalized it like that album came out at the right time and you know thrash hadn't really been much of anything for many years up until that point and you know first they had the thrash of the thrash of the titans thing you know the benefit for chuck billy <coughs> mm-hmm. and that that really that was the, the the fucking springboard for bay area thrash and just thrash in general was that that show and then shortly thereafter exodus put out tempo of the dam and that really put thrash back on the map man that's a very important album yeah, no, I love that fucking album. I cranked that shit a lot, man. I still do. That, that and the first one, those are my two favorites. But, you know, I like... I like uh, you know what I re- recently discovered is uh, an album I didn't really give that much of a chance was uh, Objection Overruled. I mean, not Objection Overruled. What was the name of that album? Impact one, is Imminent? Yeah, you know, at the time, I was like, man, this album just sounds like Let's be thrashed for the sake of being thrashed. Uh huh. Uh huh. But now, when I listen to it, because I uh, my my ex guitar player was like, "Dude, listen to it." And when I listen to it, I mean, I'm still not really that blown away by it. But what really blows me away about that album, the riffs are fucking amazing. What what Gary Holt came up and Rick came up for that album, it's just it's, really good riffs on that album. It's their most technical album, I think. Um, yeah, and. Gary told me that, like the the riffs, like you're talking about the riffs. He told me that the riffs were so involved 
that Rob McKillop Killip couldn't hack it in the studio, so Gary does all the bass tracks on that album. Oh shit! No yeah. shit. Yeah, <clears throat> that's wild, man. All right, well, um, I'm gonna go back to the Australian version. Okay. And uh, we already talked about Rock and Peace. The other track on here, Jailbreak, is what ends the album uh, on Dirty Deeds, and that's uh-huh. a, and that that was like, man. How mind-blowing, I mean, if you remember this, how mind-blowing is when they released this EP and all of a sudden you saw a fucking video for Jailbreak. Oh, yeah. Uh, That video's funny, dude. Like, I think uh, Phil Rudd's girlfriend was uh, the fucking director for that video because he's in it so much, dude. And it's funny because, like, you know, being a drummer, I love seeing drummers in videos and I like to watch drummers, but he's in it so much that it starts annoying me. Like, all right, man, enough of the fucking drummer, man. Let's let's <laughs> see let's see Bob Scott in Angus. Yeah. I mean, watch watch it, dude. Every other scene is a, a clip of Phil Rudd just playing playing along, man. <laughs> I gotta notice that now. I got you know there's a uh, there's a different video for that song. Uh, I mean, they it doesn't does have the storyline with the no. With the, it's just them in a room. And, and it's a music video for Jailbreak. Oh, I, don't, I never saw that. Yeah, it's on. It's on that uh, that amplifier thing I was telling you about. Uh, oh, okay, okay. There's a different version of uh, uh, "It's a Long Way to the Top" as well. Even though it's still the same thing, them on the back of a you know a flatbed truck. Right. But it's it's totally different. It's like different takes and not they all not, have teeth. <laughs> no, 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 still toothless. <laughs> That'd be awesome if they were if they were purposely blacking their teeth out. <laughs> Some scenes, yeah. th- <laughs> uh, we gotta make it look legit. Nah, it was it was uh, it was uh, shot on the same day, but okay. it's just a different different footage. You know, they just use alternative footage, which is odd. But yeah, there is another version of Jailbreak, which I was like, whoa, you know, and they didn't have teeth down either, you know. Um, but yeah, all right, so let's. Let's go to that heavy duty next album. Let there be rock. Wow. This is uh more cohesive than everything so far, in my opinion. Heavy as all fuck. Yeah. Uh distorted. It's just in your face. I mean, me, the guy that's, you know, totally like, you know, retarded when it comes to production, I can tell this shit has more meat, more meat on it. It's beefier. And it's just more, this is to me, like maybe the, not maybe, it is the most raw ACDC album, I think, you know. Definitely for, uh, for the Bon Scott years. Yeah, man. I mean, there's not a low point on this album at all. Uh, no. I mean, and I like how it's short too. It's just four songs per side. Yeah. And uh, I like that. It's just concise and right. There's four songs on each side. Yep. Yep. Eight yeah. tracks. Uh, yeah, it just it just grabs you and never lets go. There's there's no clean guitar moment or no no like bluesy breakdown part. It's just heavy and hard all the way through, and just I can't find a a, a weak point about it whatsoever. Nope. And uh, as I see, the Australian version does add um, uh, Crab City and Blue. Uh, yeah, I have never heard that song. Wow, you know that song is the Jack part two, okay. but it, it's a song about getting crabs. Right, it's awesome. It's an awesome tune. You gotta check it out. 
You so know, I, yeah. like music, musically, it's bluesy like the Jack. I it's guess. it's like the, it's pretty much the Jack part two. I mean, it doesn't sound exactly like the Jack, but uh-huh. you know what I'm talking about, like with Squealer and and sure. Soul Stripper. It's kind of that. It's in the same okay. family, but I mean, it has like you know, Bond talking about he has crowds. He's like walk in sideways, walk in, gives me the blues. You know, it's fucking <laughs> hilarious. You know, where the American version has. Uh, problem child. So oh, they, so so Crab City and Blue replaces Problem Child. On yeah. The, ah. Yeah. yeah okay. Where you know Problem Child starts side one. Uh, I mean side two on Let There Be Rock. Where Overdose Overdose side starts side uh, side two on the Australian version, and then comes Crab City and Blue. Oh, that so, was, that was. That would blow my. That would make me feel weird hearing that version of the song. I'm so used to overdose where it is on the album, you know, on the American version that it, that would really throw me for a loop. Yeah, hearing that song as an opening track on side two. Yeah, it doesn't sound. It's not a good opening track. Right. You know, Problem Child is a perfect opening track. Right. Right. You know? Bad Boy Boogie would be a good one too, though. That closes side uh, one, but um, yeah, it's pretty much the same. the The album track order is the same. On uh, both versions, except for um, Overdose and Crapsody and Blue, is the only difference. Because uh, Hell Hell in a Bad Place to Be and Whole Lot of Rosie ended. Right, and going back to Exodus again, uh, have you heard their version of Overdose? It's yes, stellar. on Fabulous Disaster, the yeah, it's great bonus man. track. I think it was yeah. right. Yep, yep. Yeah, I love it, and and I remember when I bought the CD, I was like, oh fuck yeah. You know, because Overdose is not real. It's a deep track. Totally. You know? I was like, oh, I love the fact they're doing Overdose. And and it's a great fucking song. I mean, I overdosed on you. Again, the genius of, of Bon Scott, you know, talking about, you know, this chick's just fucked me up. Totally. You know? But, yeah, man, Go Down, great opening track. Oh, um, dude, that song was such an under, or not, I wouldn't say underrated, but just kind of an like, ignored track, you know, like. I've never heard. I don't know if I've ever heard a live version of that. But, I don't uh, think it has been played live, actually. Yeah, that's a shame. That song is just so to the point, man. And right. it's a great opening track and cool swing. And you know, it's actually not the easiest song to play because it has that constant swing throughout. You know, and you gotta be going that 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 on the hi hat. So mm-hmm. you know, you gotta you gotta have your chops down to to do that song properly. And uh, really cool, cool drum work by Phil Rudd. Have you played this one? Oh, yeah, did we play it? Man, you guys throw out the D tracks, man. Well, see, we, we only do Bon Scott songs, so, you know, eventually got to play them all. <laughs> uh, have you have you played everyone? I mean, I, I'm sure American versions. You know, uh, there's actually quite a few songs from Highway to Hell we haven't played. Zetro, oh. Zetro doesn't like doing too many songs from that album because it feels like, that's like their, it's a, such a popular album. It'd be right. kind of selling out, playing all those songs. Like, we've never done Highway to Hell Live. We've never played that oh, song. Oh, wow. Which is kind of weird, you know. I, I don't exactly, I don't necessarily agree with that. But, you know, I, I understand where he's coming from. He wants to keep it so, so like, you know, underground ACDC fans and underground stuff. I remember once we played a house party. Last year, we played a house party in San Francisco. And the room was packed, man. It was rocking. We were having a great show, having a good time. And a friend of mine in the crowd said that there was two women in, in the audience that got really upset, like halfway through our show, and walked out. And they were like, 
I I didn't, that wasn't ACDC. I didn't recognize a single one of those fucking songs. So see, those are the people we don't want to play for. Exactly. <laughs> Fuck them. Those aren't fans. Totally. They didn't play You Shook Me All Night Long. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, those are the people that would say, Brian Johnson's their best singer. Yep. You know, no offense, yep. I love Brian Johnson, but come on. <laughs> you know? Totally. But, but uh, uh, yeah, go ahead. Doggy Dog, um, we, yeah. uh, Death Angel played that song at our Christmas show two years ago. Nice. And uh, and Lars from Rancid came out and jammed with us because he loves ACDC, and his his uh, other band was opening that show, so he came out on stage and uh, and jammed with us, and that was really cool. He's a really really cool guy, and I, I, that's the first time I met him and got to know him. But yeah, he's a big ACDC fan, and it was fun playing that track. <coughs> I yeah, I, I love I love that solo. You know, it's so simple and to the point. You know, it's just so catchy, you know? Totally. Actually, you know, uh, I just remembered how that all came about, why we started playing Doggy Dog. We were on tour when Malcolm passed away. And that day, the the day he passed away, we learned that song backstage and played it live at that show. Nice. Place went fucking nuts, dude. I can't remember where it was, but uh, they went nuts. And I'm not quite sure why Rob picked that song of all the songs, but he picked that one. I was glad he picked that one because it's not an obvious choice at all. No, it's not. It's, you know, it has been played live, but it's not like, you know, it's not a radio song. Right. You know, Uh, I love it. Doggy dog. Again, you know, it's an eye for an eye, tooth for tooth. You know, it's just the way, you know, Bond delivers that as well. But, you know, the whole band, I mean, we haven't really discussed what I think is like, you know, the heart and soul. Of ACDC is Malcolm Young. Yep. And to me, he is the greatest rhythm player ever. Just the way that guy plays that rhythm guitar, it was just so organic and real. That's why I think this is the greatest fucking rock and roll band, because it's just so real. Yeah. You know, it's no preservatives, you know, just pure rock, but pure rock through a fucking Marshall. I mean, this is like, you know, it's Chuck Berry, Little Richard, all that stuff, but blasting out, you know, because that's who influenced these guys. I mean, Angus said, you know, Little Richard's probably his biggest influence, Yep. you know, and they just took that and, you know, injected steroids into that music, you know? Yeah. But Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I, 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 want, I was going to go into the next track, and I have a question for you about the next track, but, but go ahead. Gonna what gonna say, say? It's, it's amazing how many metal bands are are influenced by ACDC and this album in particular, even though ACDC would never in a million years call themselves a metal band or, you know, even acknowledge that, you know, (laughs) so, but yeah, it's, it's great. But, you know, I mean, with the times and the decades that's passed, you know, you know, metal has evolved so much that you can understand how, you know, all right, they're not a metal band, but I remember when they were, Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but um, but uh, the next track, I, I got to talk to you about, I'm sure you guys played the title track, right? Uh, oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. All right. Here's a question I have for you, because I used to do this college radio station with, you know, a bunch of, you know, death metal fans, you know, younger guys. And Phil Rudd was always the brunt of a joke. Like, you know, if they were going to describe a shitty drummer. Uh, oh, yeah. Look. Oh, yeah. Phil Rudd. And I would always argue with them. I go, dude, go watch 
the Let There Be Rock movie and watch them play Let There Be Rock. Your arm would fucking fall off, okay? Okay, I am so fucking glad you brought that up because I was going to bring that up. The hi-hat is the most important part of that song. The hi-hat, the 16th notes, drive that song and make it fly. And so many, so many ACDC tribute bands, and there's quite a few in California. I'm sure there's quite a few everywhere. But there's a lot in the Bay Area, and there's like all-girl ones. And, <laughs> and all of them, dude, I swear, every single one I've seen, the drummer does halftime on the hi-hat when they play Let There Be Rock because it's, it's kind of fast, you know, doing 16th notes. It's, it's like doing a thrash beat without, you know, hitting the snare as quickly as you would on a, on a, a thrash song. So you're doing 16th notes. That song's like six minutes long or whatever. Like, it's kind of long. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, dude, exactly. You, my arm is on fire, dude. By the end of that song, I can't wait for it to end. But there's no <laughs> way. There's no way I'm going to puss out and fucking play halftime on the hi-hat. It just sounds like shit. That's why Onslaught's version of this song completely fucking sucks. Because the drummer, yeah. doing, he's doing halftime on the hi-hat. It just sounds lazy. It just, it just, it doesn't propel the song at all. And that's what it needs, you know? Like, this the hi-hat is so important. So, yeah, I agree with you 100%. His performance on Let There Be Rock, they, they play it even faster than the album. And he's just going the whole time, man. So, anyone who says Phil Rudd is a shitty drummer is just, like, they're just uninformed. And they don't know what they're talking about, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, t- I told them, I said, dude, your arm would fall off. You know, you could be your Mike Portnoy and Neil Peart and all that, but seriously, I mean, what Phil Rudd does, it's just pure power. It's brute force. Yeah, and, and what did you say? You do the six-minute version, right? Yeah. And you want your arms, you know, oh, God, I want to end this. Dude, Let There Be Rock is like, what, 12 minutes, <laughs> you know? Yeah, right. Of nonstop pounding, you right. know, it's just and you and and in the movie, I don't know if it was during that song, but there's some song they had to switch to snare because he broke it, you know. Oh, that's right. I, it's been a while since I've watched that. I forgot all about that. Yeah, they broke that shit. You know, there's a story that the original print of that movie was burned by accident uh, out of a fire. So that's why for the longest time it wasn't released on Blu-ray. And they finally released it on Blu-ray, and obviously it's not the original print, but it looks fantastic. Huh? Yeah. I guess they got the video and cleaned it up or something. But that that I'll tell. You, I got to bring this up. I saw that movie in the theater. Uh, they showed it at this theater where I lived, and you know, just for like a week, dude. I went. I spent six hours in that theater. This was oh, you, before, watched it, you watched it multiple times? Yeah. Three times. <laughs> I, I, I spent the whole Saturday afternoon there. I, I, I went in at 12 and left at like 6.30 or something like that. Awesome. This, yeah, this was pre-VCR. And, you know, I'm like the biggest Bond fan that I just sat there and let it soak in. So And it was loud. They, had a, they even put amps in the theater. It was badass, man. That's killer, and, man. And I would hide. I would hide after the movie. And then, like, peek my head up when they would start the movie again, you know? <laughs> but, yeah, it's just awesome. I love the little interview section. It's just a fantastic movie. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, Let There Be Rock. Like, I, And I'm glad because I'm not a drummer. And I've said this to multiple people before, but they weren't drummers either. So then I say it to you, and you exactly mirror 
what I was thinking. You, you know, read my like, mind, man. I was I was waiting for you to finish what you were going to say. I was going to bring that up. I I love the hi hat of this song. <laughs> it's hard, man, to do. I mean, I guess because you know, again, again, I'm not a drummer, but is the hi hat uh, the hi hat harder than hitting that snare like Phil does? Uh, is that what you uh, fucks up your arm, like like tires your arm? Yeah, you know, hitting things like hard doesn't tire me out. I, I can hit things as hard as I want, like for as long as I want. But yeah, it's the speed and like just the the consistency of it. Like you're just going for you know for six, twelve, however long the version is. But you know it's going to be definitely more than five minutes. You're going to be going, and that really like you know you're for me my my shoulder starts burning, dude. Like. It's a weird sensation, man. <laughs> <laughs> do, 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 you, do you tell the band, hey, man, after Let There Be Rock, let's do a song that's not so uh, heavy on the arm? <laughs> oh, dude. I, sometimes that makes these set lists where the first three fucking songs are Riff Raff, Let oh. There Be Rock, oh. and, and, and I think Whole Lot of Rosie. All three of those songs oh. are... All three of those songs are... Yeah, you're killing me, dude. <laughs> oh, that's too fucking brutal, man. <laughs> Damn. Well, then the next song, Bad Boy Boogie. Uh, I got to bring this a uh, real quick story. Uh, on my old podcast, we were goofing on Motley Crue one day. There's so yeah. much to goof about. Yeah, there's so much. <laughs> and, then, and then my co-host goes, Bad Boy Boogie. I mean... Listen to that title. I mean, is that stupid enough? You already know it's going to suck. I was like, uh, excuse me. <laughs> ACDC, dude. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's right. You know, it's like, dude, that song is bad. When the, and the opening line is one of the greatest opening lines. When, when the day I was born, the rain fell down. There was yeah. trouble brewing in my hometown. Yeah. And it's just so fucking cool. And I forgot to bring up, oh, my God, my favorite part. Of problem child is really quick when he goes, I'm a problem child, and then Bond goes, Hey! <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it sounds like a problem child. Hey! <laughs> I forgot to bring that up, but yeah, Bad Boy Boogie is a nut. I mean, yeah, like we said earlier, there ain't a clunker on here, but god damn, that song is another awesome tune. This is what Angus uses to strip tease on stage. You know, there's like, uh-huh. yeah, studio version is 427. The live version is like 15 minutes. Yeah. But, yep. um, but it's, dude, a great, great way to close side one, man. You like Bad Boy Boogie? I love it. But, you know, I, I was a little bit more interested in talking about your take on Motley Crue's Bad Boy Boogie. <laughs> <laughs> that is bad. <laughs> Fuck that song. That dude. song's terrible, man. I it's, mean, you know, I, I mean, not, not to get on a Motley Crue tangent here, but, you know, I, I was really disappointed with, with uh, Theater of Pain because it just didn't yeah. sound like the first two albums. But I didn't hate anything on it. But I think that was the first... Bad Boy Boogie was the first Motley Crue song I had heard that I literally just absolutely fucking hated. I was like, oh, my God, this is fucking garbage, man. Yeah. And, and also because of the title. I was like, give me a break, you know? Yeah. Yeah, why are you doing that? Why are you why are you douching up this song? You know, totally the yeah. whole song title because they didn't cover this because they can't. <laughs> right, right. So yeah, back to ACDC. I just wanted to, to yeah. express my disdain for the, for that <laughs> <Mike> song. 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, great, great closer to side one for sure. And you know, it's kind of like the same theme with start side two, problem child. Yep. You know, uh, another a great, simple but effective riff. You know, and uh, Bon Scott wrote this song about Angus. And oh, uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's where did I? You know, I'm trying to think. I, it's actually a video interview him saying that somewhere. Huh. Yeah, I can't remember where, but yeah, he said, "Yeah, problem child wrote that about Angus." You know, because he's a you know he's a problem. You know, he's dressed like a schoolboy and so forth. But um, I, another great, great, amazing fucking song. Yeah, and, and, and you're right. The, the lyrics are like a, 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 a continuation of the story that starts in in uh, on the last uh, song on side yeah. one. Like it's the total continuation of the, of the same theme. Yep. I never thought about that, but that's cool. Yeah, it is. It is bad. Uh, yeah, I never thought about it either. Till I'm looking at a track listing, going, "Oh, look, Bad Boy Boogie's followed by Problem Child." Yeah, that's pretty damn cool. Uh, yeah, and you know, we already discussed this on Dirty Deeds, but and we discussed the next one, Overdose, but you know, not to a full extent because Exodus covered it. But it is to me the dark horse on the album. Absolutely. Uh, with Go Down, you know. You gotta put them both, and probably I don't think either one was played live, though I could be wrong. But I'm not sure. Yeah, you know what? I think Overdose was played live. Hmm. I think I, that I think was, on a later tour, like uh, they they did Overdose maybe on the Ball Breaker tour or one of the later tours. I, I know when I, I saw the Ball Breaker tour, they played um, one of my favorites, uh, Down Payment Blues. Yep, yep. And, I, I was I saw that. And it was great. I love that they played it, but I still felt like, yeah, I didn't really see it, though. You know, it wasn't Bon up there, you know? It kind of was, like, bittersweet, though it was cool to see him play it, you know? And the crowd, at least at the show I went to, the crowd was dead silent pretty yeah. much after they played that song. There was no yeah. one knew what it was, you know? I went crazy, man, but at, I the, same time, at the same time, after it was done, I was like, man, that's so awesome they played it, but God, I wish I could have seen Bon do that, you know? Holy but we'll get into that song later. But Overdose, it's probably like the, you know, it's heavy and everything, like the rest of the song, but it's the one that I think is the mellowest, <laughs> if you want to call it mellow. Yeah, you know, I, I, for, I forgot the intro has clean guitar. I, earlier I said there's no clean guitar in this album. Yeah. So yeah, there is a little clean guitar in the beginning. And I like how he, he hits a wrong note too, or he hits a, a wrong string. Yeah, and they, they, they restart it. Yeah, yeah, right. And don't yeah. that extra note. So I, I like how it has that live in the studio feel, you know, like right. something Van Halen would do. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's awesome. It's uh it's the longest track on the album, even longer than three seconds longer than Let There Be Rock. Wow. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't feel like it's that long, you know? Totally. I Not never smoked no cigarettes, I never drank much booze. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I always wondered about that too. I'm like, who the hell are you talking to? <laughs> <laughs> who wrote that for you, Bond? <laughs> I know that ain't you talking, but yeah, it's awesome. And then, um, "Hell Ain't a Bad Place to Be," another staple. You know? Yeah, that's what that's my favorite song on the album. Nice, and it's one of my favorites to play with uh, with ACDC. We play that pretty much every time, and like, oh man, that song just. The live version too, when he's like going, "Hey you!" and he's yelling, "Hey you!" It's fucking awesome, and yeah. it's just that song swells with energy 
once it starts picking up and and all cylinders are firing, I just feel a power. Like when I'm playing that song, I feel I feel the powers of hell. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but it's a very powerful song. I, I love it. Fucking love it. And I love you know I love the fact. I mean, ACDC to me lyrically got really evil with Brian Johnson. Uh huh. Where uh, Bond when he sang about hell. It was like, dude, this place is a party. He always had like a nice thing to say about hell, you know? <laughs> it didn't sound evil. It sounded like, yeah, I'd like to go there, you know? <laughs> and hell ain't a bad place to be. It's saying, look, what is, what is he saying? Hell ain't a bad place to be, yep. you know? Where Brian Johnson is like, I'm going to get you. Satan, get you. And if God's on yep. the left, I'm sticking to the right and shit like that, you know? It's, they, you know, and evil walks and COD, care of the devil. Yep. You know, it's much more evil where Bond was just the core gesture, you know? Yep. Uh, and I and I love that about him. He didn't go the evil, like, you know, the, um, what do you call, predictable route when you're talking about hell. Sure. He's showing the, the nice side of hell, the positive, <laughs> the positive <laughs> sides of hell. <laughs> you know? And yeah, yeah, dude, it's fucking awesome. I absolutely love this song. Uh, I don't know. It, I would think the next track will be my favorite off this album, which closes the album a whole lot of Rosie. Yeah. I just think that song is just so beyond perfect. And I love the live version when everybody's saying, Angus, Angus, yep. da, na, 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 Angus. Uh, God, I, I, yeah. And, you know, it's a song about, you know, Bond loves this big fat woman called Rosie, you know? And uh, I just think it's a ripping ripping song from the beginning then even though the beginning doesn't you know drum wise it's kind of just playing along to that riff but then you know 45 34 36 you can say she on bam full speed ahead amazing fucking track and what a great amazing way to end this album absolutely it's a song that was <laughs> that was crafted for an end of an album for sure uh you know that song is kind of hard to play the, the intro uh, you gotta be a, you gotta be a tight band to make it sound correct. You know, like just the stop starts. You know, yeah. And just, can, yeah. just getting the song started <laughs> off. It's one, two, three, four, one. Da, 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 da. So, I, it's a good test when, like, you know, we have like a revolving door of bass players in ACDZ. So, a good test is to to, to check their uh, musicianship is to see if they can start that song correctly. And a lot of people can't start that song correctly, man. Like they. They're looking at me for the cue. It's like, dude, don't fucking look at me, man. I'm having, I'm, I'm having a hard time too. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's a, it's a tricky, tricky intro, and if you don't play it perfectly tight, it ruins the song. You know, it's got to be. I mean, people know that song like the back of their hand, and if you're sloppy on those start stops, you know, it just ruins the song. So it's yeah, it's trickier than than it sounds, and I love it too, man. It's a great closing track, and. It's always great to see Rosie come out on stage when they play live. You know, the yeah. playable Rosie. Yeah. So, yeah, great. Great, fun fun song. I love it. I love it. And uh, what can you say? I mean, and, and you just gave, you know, a, simple, uh, an, uh, a great example. It's like, it may sound simple, but it's not, you know. No way. You got to have your timing down, man. And, and just like the, the, the uh, extra beat you have to count at the beginning. Some people can't get that. We had we had a, a a girl playing with us for a while doing the the Malcolm role, and 
she, she couldn't get that down. I mean, and she only played a few shows with us. She didn't last that long. And that's one of the reasons why she just, she, she couldn't understand that there's an extra beat at the beginning. It's one, two, three, four, one, da, 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 da. You know, so she just, she would start on the downbeat and she'd start one, you know, one note ahead of everyone else. And it just, it ruins it. That, that <laughs> little, that little misstep fucking ruins the whole symmetry of the song. You know? <laughs> wow. I, I I heard that she ended up marrying that guy that couldn't get TNT got down on base. <laughs> <laughs> and the marriage didn't last long. That didn't work either. <laughs> okay, I'm going to stop it right there. And you'll hear the rest of this next week. Because, boy, we go a long time on this. Will is awesome, man. He'll sit there for hours and hours with me talking about music because we both have that same passion for bands we love and you know next week you know we uh what what do we talk about three four albums next week we just talk about power age the live album and highway to hell and it's even longer than this episode because as you see in this episode we go off on other bands other topics it's no different next week and it's just as awesome as what you heard now some parts are even funnier Tune in next week for that. So now, let's go into the vault because I got some Death Angel for you. All right, this is uh, something Will talked about. Uh, the day that Malcolm Young passed away, they did a, a song, Doggy Dog, in Budapest. Uh, they were on tour, and when they found out that Malcolm died, as you heard, they learned it that day, and they did it without rehearsal. And man, they kicked much ass. And I found a bootleg recording of it. Sounds great. And here it is, Death Angel live in Budapest, the day Malcolm died. Oh, we do what we love to do. And that's because we're not just musicians, we're music fans. us deeply when one of our main inspirations passes away and unfortunately that happened today and this show is dedicated to Malcolm Young from ACDC if you know this song please join along we haven't rehearsed it we're gonna just fucking do it out of our love for fucking music this is for you Malcolm
That's the bootleg of Death Angel in Budapest doing Dog Eat Dog as a tribute to Malcolm Young on the day he passed away. That was incredible. All right, guys. So uh, next week, come back. And uh, we will have part two of the ACDC discography. And it's just as awesome as this show. Maybe a little better, if you ask me. I know it's hard to believe. But check it out. Check it out next week. Because the Vieira Vault is coming back next week and many weeks after. Because I got, wow, so many episodes still in the can to put up. And I'm recording tonight another episode. So uh, thank you all for listening. Especially you that are still listening now. All you that share out there like Bill and James West, uh, Eric. Oh, man, i got to start making a list of all you guys that share so I can uh, thank you all on the show. But you know who you are this time. Anyway, I'll be back next week with part two of the ACDC discography from the 70s with Will Carroll, Death Angel. I know I'll see you there. I better see you there. Thanks for watching. Be good. And smack him a gab. <laughs>